Good afternoon and welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Wozni, and today this is, or right now, this is episode number 78, and I've got Alex Sulkin here. Alex, I just, the studio, sorry, just say hello. Uh, Make sure the mic is working. But we're in the studio, our studio today is actually the OT Brewing Company, and Carrie and Mike Korotowski. They, they, were, they were a friend of the podcast a little earlier this year, and your office, Alex, is real close to here? Yeah, yeah, literally three minutes away. In the Blackfoot, just on Blackfoot Trail, yeah, 40, Blackfoot, 40 seconds. And so, yeah. Alex, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about EI, EOI. EOI Technologies. Yes, perfect. So, I'm the CEO and founder of EOI Technologies. Right. Uh, you know, I came to Calgary in 2013. So not that long ago. No, no. Six, seven years ago. That flies. Depends who you ask, you know. Right. But really, the whole idea for UI was born in 2015 as a side project. So not side project doing what? Well, actually, I was really, really bored back then. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, they say you know. You're an en- Are you an engineer? I am an engineer. Yeah. Okay. So my background really is purely technical. Yeah. I spent 15 years, mostly in Israel. Uh, working on different technologies. But are you a civil engineer, mechanical no, engineer? No, electrical. Electrical, electrical engineer, okay. Doing mostly uh, uh, sensors, um, circuits. Nice. Um, no, I worked for uh, Intel and Samsung yeah. back in Israel, a couple of small startup companies. Right. Really focused on the kind of uh, analog and kind of radio frequency circuits. So really specialized. Right. But uh, yeah, then really I came to Calgary worked in a startup here for a couple of years. Uh, no. Things didn't go well. I mean, I... Was it in oil and gas or outside of oil and gas? It's, I guess it was oil and gas. I mean, they were developing sensors for the oil and gas industry. Right. And, you know, so I learned a lot about ins and outs of a startup, how to kind of run. But that's the right... I mean, today's market with sensors are everywhere. They are everywhere. Yeah, sensors are a commodity. Yeah. Basically, I mean, your car sensors. I mean, today the tech, tech it beeps on the yeah. mirrors, it beeps in front, the back, uh, and the kids when the kids cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they cry, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it is literally everywhere, right? Right. Uh, but the thing for us was kind of to try to move away from this uh, niche, right? We don't want to be just another sensor company. Right. First of all, you really need to have a lot of resources to build and innovate in that space. And but they get so tiny. The, the, the sensors yeah. get smaller. The technology gets better, improved, yeah. but it's everything goes to a micro level. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Cost is really going down as well, right? Okay. Uh, but I mean, for us, really, the thing was, you know, we have this new type of sensor technology. What do we do with that? How do we build on top of that? We don't just new. Do what do you mean? That. What do you mean by new versus old? Well, I mean, Sorry. what we're doing with that yeah. hasn't been really done. Right. We're doing something, something different. Can you talk about it? I can, of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's yeah, yeah, confidentiality. Yeah. For, the view, for the benefit yeah. of the listeners out there, you do not have to sign a confidentiality agreement yet. You do not. No, no, Alex no. knows where you live. Uh, no, I mean, definitely not. Yeah. We're going to you know, details, obviously. No, so really, the whole idea just started from a conversation I had with a good friend of mine. This is 2015, and we're kind 2015, of... 2015, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I was in consulting back at the time. Right. I decided some free time on my hands, really. And really, like I said, I was looking actively for a project to work on, right? So she kind of talked about this technology they're using in the geometric space, um, like a laser oh, okay. sensor yeah. to measure range and distance. I was really intrigued by that because she said, well, you know, we're kind of phasing out this technology, we move into GPS. And I really tried to understand why, and I read a lot of 
papers, patents on right. the subject. I really broke it apart. So geospacing, like where you are, yeah. like the geolocator, like Uber, the Uber guy knows where you are and it sends us different is, than it? This is more of a kind of uh, industrial application where you are out there trying to measure uh, oh, features. Oh, right. Know, like a laser-based range sensing. Distance between two, this, two yeah. objects and... Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, I took that apart and I kind of I saw that you can actually put it back together a different way. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can yeah, like an inventor. Else. You're like you're like well, one of those inventors. The, yeah, but the idea was born. Yeah, you know, uh, with me. But I really wanted to build it to test it, right? Because yeah. then you know all these kind of doubts begin to seep in. Like, will it actually going to work or not? Right. Right. Like, uh, so the idea really is kind of mesh vibrations with this uh, device. Mesh very small micro-level vibrations, you know. Wow. Um, and vibrations are everywhere, right? I mean... So would, the sense if it's a vibration of, say, a mouse going past, or the... A car, I mean, what well, do you mean? What kind of vibrations? The wind? Just from wind? Well, I See? mean, for us, well, the main focus is on industrial applications. So yeah. you have equipment like motors, compressors, fans, parts. Oh, okay. So uh, looking at the vibrations of those. Uh, and oh, then basically, right. looking at the signature, the vibration kind of gives when it's it. ready to be, if there's a problem versus just yes. normal vibration, exactly. You predict failures, you predict. So, I'm hearing a, I'm thinking artificial intelligence comes into play, ML, it where it looks at data yeah. and compares to this thousands yeah. of vibrations and says that anomaly should be yeah. checked. Wow, exactly. exactly. Then you have to, the I'm sorry, but this, these things, I get it, that, that, that really makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense, but most of the companies, what they do. Today, they buy those off-the-shelf sensors, which are really kind of contact sensors. You have to physically yeah. attach them to your equipment. And then they build this layer you're talking about, uh, where you have the, some dashboard online, maybe some analytics in the back end. Right. And they kind of provide... Are they, are they building them, though? Are they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, honestly, it's pretty saturated space right now. Yeah. Because the sensors are so cheap. They're really everywhere, right? But pulling the data, that's the value. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. The, is that what E... EOI, sorry, what does EOI stand for then? Yeah. <laughs> Electrical Override uh, in Interface. <laughs> Close enough. Okay. Electro Optical ins Instrument. I'm way off, come on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm an engineer, nothing <laughs> creative here. Yeah, yeah. I had to be, yeah. So I had, I had to come up with some. So you wanted to, so when you were, you were to back, let's go back to 2015, you're yeah, yeah. looking for a project. Yeah. And you said, this sensors aren't doing enough. Or I want to do more with that sensor. You're looking at your, the sensor. What else? what else can you do with it, basically? Nice. That's the question I asked. And then I really got lucky because I connected with uh, a guy who works in a big engineering firm, company that uh, right. inspects those facilities and engineers them and uh, performs all those You're talking products. about industrial plants, refineries, yes. gas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The big plant. So he was really excited. Um, and then he was, he's kind of an entrepreneurial guy, yeah. kind of uh, wants to see how he can improve things within the company, right? Right. So they gave, they gave me some money actually to go and build a prototype. Um, I used that funding to get some grants from uh, Alberta Innovates and from the university. Nice, nice. And I met my uh, uh, intern there back at the time. She was helping me to build a prototype. Right. Was she was working at the university or yeah, the research park or something? At the university, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, so year after that, we have a prototype ready, and we kind of looks horrible, looks really ugly, but, it's <laughs> but it works. It works. That's what matters. But what did that first prototype do? What was it? So really, imagine you shoot a laser beam at an object, yeah. and you pick up vibrations, basically. 
right? So it's a non-contact remote way to measure that as opposed to physically touch something. Particularly if you get into chemical plants, so there could be hazardous area yes, or it could be... one application, exactly. Yeah. In uh, this way, you know, you can move the laser beam around and you can measure multiple points. So, so the laser is, is picking up the sensor. The laser sends back to the sensor? The laser is the sensor, basically. The laser is the sensor. Yes, it's kind of a virtual sensor. You know, I don't know if you, you probably knew that, uh, maybe you know Vicky not. Oh, you know, okay, so literally I'm talking to you and I'm thinking Vicky, because she had, she's an engineer, I think she's, I don't know if she's an electrical engineer, but she's like, I just wanted to know, I'm in the the center of the control rooms, and she's got the crux OCM, and the crux of the problem, and she literally came up almost like you, but in a different way, we could probably automate this process. Yes, yes, I think... Vicky uh, also, she was a part of Techstars program yes. in Oslo. Yes, she went to Oslo for 13 weeks. Oslo. Or something like that. She's suffered for, no, she learned. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so have you done like a Techstars or? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we were also part of Techstars. Again, got lucky to get accepted to nice. a new program. Was it here or in some? No, no, it was in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Really amazing. Why Indianapolis? Why not, well, why not here? Well, I mean. Well, because they had a very good corporate company that's, you know, they're very traditional, they have like 30 businesses in, in um, chemicals, refinery, uh, bridge, bridge construction, uh, asphalt manufacturing, all those kind of traditional industries. In Indianapolis? Yes, yes, a very well-known company, uh, the Heritage Group, um, and you know, they... Yes, they're called the Heritage Group? Yeah, the Heritage Group, yeah, exactly. Heritage and they're group. big industrial, they've got all these plants, yes. wow. Yeah, plants and everything, so they were looking to basically innovate, see how they can do better. Yeah. How can they be more efficient? Right. Uh, reduce costs, reduce, increase efficiency. And brilliant. So they really, the program that they wanted to sponsor was very different from what Techstars were kind of doing. Oh, so they, they're the sponsor of Techstars. Is that how you got into yeah. Techstars? Yeah. From them? They heard about your... Well, actually Techstars is kind of the layer between them and the kind of the companies that they source. The right. Source, right. So they work together. It's a very... Oh, but you, so you found company. Techstars and then that you knew about Heritage then? Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But the whole pro- program was really sponsored by Heritage Group, right? Yes. So, really, the managing director for Techstars, she approached uh, me kind of online and then, you know, wow. encouraged me to apply, and then I did, which was great. Um, so, how amazing. long were you in Indianapolis for? Then? Three months. Three months. So, so, about the 13 weeks program, yeah, 13, yeah. 14, yeah. Those standard uh, programs. Nice. How they last. But it was an amazing experience. I mean, and to me, I really wanted to differentiate from all the other, like I said, IoT companies that are out there. Yeah. They're all kind Internet of thing for the benefit of those listeners out there. IoT, yeah. Internet of Things. Internet things yeah. Exactly. Industrial Internet of Things. Yeah. Uh, so really, like I said, most of them just buy off-the-shelf hardware and build and on top it, of that. Yeah. But you want it all integrated. It's all integrated. So the big advantage of that is that you create your own data, your unique data. And once you have your own unique data sets, you have a very big competitive advantage. Yeah. You basically can monopolize the whole pipeline from the data all the way up to the analytics and the value delivered to the end client. Otherwise, you have to compete with the thousands so, of other companies that do the same thing. Yeah. So are you, you've got a, are you mobile enabled? Do you have a SaaS pro, a software as a service sits yes. on top? It's now you could, yeah. you've got an app, I can download it, I can see my sites. I mean, I'm talking yeah. Vicky, because Vicky, her, you know, the crux of CM, they're, She's talking pipelines every 50 kilometers. Yep. There's sensors on the pipeline. Exactly. So that, and, and literally, she was talking to Vicky. It was, she said, yep. it's like being an airline 
the, they do the air traffic controllers. It's stressful. And I'm thinking, are you kidding? Sure. Are you? She goes, yes. Very stressful. Le- high level because right. there's so much could go wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So are you working with companies like the pipeline companies, um, the big, not, not, or you will? Not quite. Maybe in the future. Right now the focus is on the food industry, really. The food industry? The food industry, that's where the big problems are and also the big opportunities So are. the processing of the food, Yes. the food chain. Exactly. So what's an example? Because I'm, I'm thinking I, I, this could go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was the, really the struggle for us was to focus on a specific problem, but it's really a high profile problem because yeah. there are so many applications out there, but this, the real focus is on the food industry because there's a big issue with the food safety and quality right now, Right. Uh, specifically around contamination from foreign materials, mostly in the meat industry. So talk about poultry, beef, okay. uh, pork. So that process, you put sensors in that senses the... I yeah. mean, here's your, your, here's your laser beam going down. And what we're measuring, we're measuring actually the behavior of those conveyors that uh, transport the food, right? Okay. The problem is that those conveyors begin to act not desired way, and there are some issues that are going on there that introduce very small microscopic contaminants. contaminants. Really? Like metal shavings, plastic shavings, and they're really hard to pick up and to, to detect, right? Right. So there was uh, the biggest product recall last year, 12 million pounds of chicken products was recalled. Here in Calgary? No, or? no, in the US. Okay. So first of all, it's a huge food waste issue, right? Companies just throw away food, and even if it's like, there's no contamination, you just don't know. The big question mark is really kind of... The why. The, the why. So, I mean, they did a lot of research into that and they understood it's coming from the conveyors. So, they're looking into solutions how we can prevent that. So, right now, they have metal detectors, they have X-ray machines to screen for that. Yeah. But it's not enough. I mean, it's kind of... So, this make. is where you're the, the vibration, you look at the vibration of the metal of the conveyor among other Anomaly. Okay, yeah. among, wow. I mean, I just... It, it, but this, yeah. you go from... You were in the, in the oil and gas side, and now you got into food. What? Because oil and gas, I mean, there's a lot of traditional <laughs> uh, technologies already, already deployed there. Yeah. We did a very extensive market research into those facilities, power plants, everything. They have, like, 20, 30 years old sensors out there. Right. It, right. The problem with this specific issue in the food industry is that there's no solution right now. And if you look at the sensor world right now, they tried different solutions with different sensors that didn't work out. So we have a very unique advantage there where we can measure this. So you were reading, what's the genesis of you going to food then? What was the trigger? Was it an article, that that story itself, the chicken? It was a connection through the Techstars network. Oh, the Techstars? Yeah, they have an amazing network. Yeah. All thanks to them. You know, they have something called- Some of the problems in the food industry and you've, you've put the two together. Well, they have a, something called Mentor Madness. Which yeah. is they bring in dozens of mentors from industry to talk to you throughout the program. Right, right. right. One of those, she said, oh, I think I know someone who might know someone. And you know, the wow. connection was made. And I talked to this person, and he's the managing director of uh, Venture Arm, the world's second biggest poultry company, right? What's it called? Can you talk? You can't talk. Okay, that's fine. No, no. Interesting. Yeah. No, no. Um, because in Russia, the chicken. You, I mean, you, that chicken industry is huge. It's in Russia, you Kazakhstan, Ukraine. It's global. It's global. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just. It's just a huge business. Yeah, they're huge, and they all use the same conveyors because they have some FDA regulations. That so you're just talking about moving them down from point A to point B. Yeah. And you sent this that the conveyor could cause problems, contaminations. Yeah. 
Wow. Point A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. Okay, well, okay. Points, uh, More than just A, B. Oh, yeah. A to B. <laughs> they have dozens of those for facility. Okay. The best. So you met these chicken guys, and they, yeah. were, they weren't plucking your feathers. I mean, I just didn't use them, right? <laughs> they literally were. They weren't plucking your feathers yet, but they literally, you plucked theirs because you're like, you're trying to learn, and you're learning. Trying to learn, yes. And they're really great you know, to work with. I mean, they, they kind of try to provide you with as much information as possible. Now, having said that, they are massive companies, so obviously there's always red tape involved. Sure. I learned a lot through this challenge on how to navigate that and how to kind of make sure we solve this problem with them together. Right now, we are in advanced discussions to do a pilot with them in a couple of other facilities in the U.S. This sounds like, I mean, if you take like fresh vegetable foods, because there's that, the contaminants, yeah. of course you've got the swine flu, and I mean, right now, coronavirus, but yeah, yeah. that kind of, is it to that level of processing the food as well, or no? We're talking about it has to be conveyor belts. Well, we're talking about primary food processing. Yeah. There's like two types of food safety and quality issues. You have the pathogens, you know, like E. coli or yeah. bacteria. Then you have foreign material. Right? So we're not looking at the... You're not looking pathogen. at the, the, chemo, the biology side of it. It's yes, it's really physical foreign material contamination. Because we can look at those conveyors, we can predict when they're going to start acting up. And wow. we can tell them, look, it's a very localized, accurate way to know when the problem is happening, where it's happening. We can detect missing elements in the conveyors that, are, that end up in the food eventually. Yeah. We can detect if there is uh, any friction between different elements in the conveyor and to kind of let them know, I mean, guys, you've got to fix this. But so you've got the moving parts. You've got yeah. the belt itself. Yeah. You've got the, the, whatever you call those, uh, the, the bolt bearings and things like that are well, moving. And that is that where the contaminants could start, or you, you don't? There's several mechanisms. Yeah. Several mechanisms. But the detection, your detection contaminants as well. No, no, we don't detect. Them. Just the vibration. We prevent contaminants. Okay. We prevent it. We don't detect it. And how do you prevent it? So just by by, by measuring when it it becomes to um, to happen. So before, the changes, the changes yeah, in the. Before the changes begin to happen, <coughs> there's some signs. We pick up those sudden signs and we let them know. So you have the base, and you take the baseline of what yeah. it should be on, yeah. on a brand new conveyor. But what if it starts from the beginning? How, do, if, how many conveyors do you must look at to create a baseline? Yeah. You must have to look at that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, to, to, so that's part of our engagement, engagement with them is that they'll be, they'll be able to actually simulate different failure modes of these conveyors. Oh, okay. They'll help us to look at different data, right? Um, so that's kind of the learning. Well, the the machine will learn as well. If you're, you, yeah. if you're running the AI or the artificial intelligence, it will learn yeah. from what you input. Of course, it needs the data. Exactly. The more data they provide, the, more, the better it's going to predict. Exactly. Your outcomes will be more predictable. Yes, exactly. And the good thing about a solution is that it's multi-point. We can look at different points along the conveyor. So you're not just, just limited at one location. Wow. You look at 10, 20, 30 if you want to. And just right. want to cover the whole facility with those... Uh, devices and basically create like a mesh of measurement points. So you're, you're employing people. Are you employing people, experts here in Calgary or across the globe or from your well, team? Both actually. I mean, for a small team, there's like five of us, but really three of us are full time, I would say. Two of us are here, yeah. one person in Edmonton, one in Ottawa, and one of all places in Australia. So, all over the place. And, and what is that? Man or woman in Australia doing coding or what are they doing? Australia, yeah. The person is doing mostly hardware and a bit of firmware. Oh, okay. And so you have a tech guy that's running, I mean, for your app, the front end, guys. back end, you got all... They're all tech guys. We don't have marketing sales. <laughs> 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 yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. We're really kind of, we're focused on the solution. Right? 
Um, we, and then there's another development partner out in the US. We help us to implement the architecture of the cloud, right? That's where all the machine learning and the AI comes from. Okay. Yeah. But that's kind of the fun, that, that's the, not the fun stuff, that's that all that glitz and glamour, but the real nuts and bolts are, you know, the, is that chicken farm or that, that conveyor. Yeah. It seems like you've started with the chickens, but it'll go all kinds of meats and other yes. products. That, that's really pervasive. I mean, you can go along. Yeah, so we're also talking to a big e-commerce company. Uh, they obviously have a lot of conveyors and facilities and packages all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so same principle. Same principle. They have some equipment on the conveyors that breaks down. They can't use traditional sensors to detect that because wow. you can't really touch them. Because that's important for them to keep the things moving, that yeah. whole conveyor. I'm thinking now, I'm, I'm going even bigger, Postal, or Courier, FedEx, Amazon, the, yeah. the, distribute, the warehouse, they can't afford that downtime. Amazon themselves. Oh. Amazon, you probably already have this figured out. But, but surely with that... <laughs> right? But then you're probably right, the traditional con- yeah. sensors. So, but let's think, let's think small until you get bigger. Let's think big until you yeah. go small. What's good, the next two to three years, Alex, what's going to be most important for you guys? for the EOI well, tech team? Well, it's like it's step by step. First of all, in the next, I would say, four to five months, yeah. to have a successful pilot. It is a big poultry company, and it's number one priority. All the effort is there right now. After that, the next big milestone will be to raise funding based on that. Sure, on that, to scale. sure. Then scale to additional facilities just for this company. Yeah, because I mean, you can't really start talking about the big fish, if it's the Amazon, well, you got the chicken, so you get the big fish yeah. later. You go after the fish, right? But you got the chicken, so they, yeah. but I mean, you got to get your, as you said, you got to get that pilot and then move, because if you go too fast, you're thinking up there and you ignore the, the no. back, getting all that right. Learn this lesson, you have to focus. So we're yeah. focusing on that first, putting all the efforts there. Um, yeah, and then once we prove ourselves in this application, sure. more doors will open. But just this specific company, you know, they have hundreds of facilities all over the world. So you can test. You have a lot of options to test. And well, we test a couple, but then you know, if the results are positive. Then to scale, we need a whole new level of. But surely they would like. I mean, the words bootstrap. I don't know if you heard the words bootstrap. Yeah. You pretty much, you you know, the revenue. You, you, I mean, they're they're a testing ground. Look, let us test. You pay for that. Yeah. Upgrade. I mean, it's kind of a bootstrappy type thing. Exactly, yeah. That's what we're doing. We're doing right now. We're trying to get revenue from each pilot we're doing. So we okay. Stay, and so you can, fund, you can fund the next level of growth. Exactly. And, yeah, wow. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Alex, is, I mean, I, I, like we're, not, we're, in a beer, we're in a beer hall right now. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it'd be nice to see that prototype. And one of my, one of my earlier guests was uh, Aubrey. And I, I, I can't get Aubrey's last name, but her technology is... It's called amylite biomodels. And literally, it's a knee, a synthetic knee, right. made from the amylite, which is everywhere in the Rocky Mountains, this kind of a crystal. Oh. And it's a hard material. And they, so she's recreated the knee, or her team. Oh. It's a prosthetic knee, okay. but it's the, all the ligaments, it's inter, inside. And she said the biggest important thing is, is being able to drill into that and create the sensation of drilling into the knee. So sensors I, I, I think sensors would come into play but again yeah. can't distract you because you're on it but, the, but that vibration would, would send it if you, I'm just thinking out loud here but if you okay. picked up the sense because you said it's very difficult in surgery to recreate that bone sensation right. so if you had data it says this is how it should, and you match it up with the doctor saying yeah. this is how you know what I mean and then you put the two together but that's yeah. I'm a little bit believe me there's so many applications on there I mean just chasing every single one with 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the focus here, and the Russians say, focus here, but focus. Focus, Alex. Yeah. Really, really a pleasure talking to you today, Alex. And yeah. thanks, for, thanks for coming into the studio. Yeah, and I guess for the benefit of the listeners out there, we will enjoy one of the fine brews from OT Brewing House here. <laughs> Alex, thank you so thanks, much. Thanks so much, Alex. It was a pleasure.